What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Episode 22. And we are live. Chris, how you doing? Great. David, how are you today? I'm here, baby. It's a great day. Yeah, you are. It's freezing outside, but it's a great day. And we cannot complain. It's supposed to warm up next week. Yeah, I love that. Which is crazy. So We're here for it. We are definitely here for it. And we're here for you. Bam! That was a good one. That was one of your better ones. All right, Minnesota. Goal. Oh, Minnesota minute. Bang. Timberwolves, 28 and 11. They play Detroit, Memphis, and OKC coming up. Minnesota Wild are 18, 20, and 2. They are playing the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Capitals coming up. Go for basketball. Lost to Iowa. They are playing Michigan State on Thursday. And then in the PWHL, Minnesota, they are currently 3 and 1. They are playing Ottawa coming up. All right. So there it is. Quick, quick little. A little in out, crank know? it out. A little in and out, in Love and out. It. It's like burger, in and out burger, in and out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And with that, let's do the round table. Yes, sir. You want me to go? Yeah, go for All it. All right. Last week, fifteen top twenty-five teams in the college basketball rankings lost. Some lost more than once. Houston being one of them. Mm-hmm. But there's been they 15 were what two? Teams. They were two. Okay. Gonzaga. Lost to Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. They were at 23, so they were a little bit lower anyways. but I don't think they're ranked anymore. No. They are not ranked. This is the first time they're not ranked in 164 weeks. 64? I thought it was 44. 164. All right. So That's a long time. That is a long time. To, I mean, that's just pr- pretty much pure dominance for a while, I guess. Is that more of a reflection of how good they've been, or is it more of a reflection of them dominating their conference and not playing as many good player teams. Um, I definitely think it's a reflection of the teams they probably played were not as great, you could say. Yeah. Um, obviously, that was like the one biggest knock on them every time was like, oh, their conference. Like we've talked about. Right. So they would go to March Madison, but like, what is we going to get? And mm. They have great players. They have great athletes. You just never know because their conference, like you said, is so bad. Yeah. So. Yep. Obviously, they're feeling it now, which is good. I mean, it's good competition. So, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a rude awakening for Houston, Big 12. I think that might be their first two games in the Big 12. Yeah, and it's been tough. And I mean, they're all these 0-2. teams now are getting close. And I don't think there's one team, and we said this last week, I don't think there's one team who you can pinpoint and be like, that team will make it to the Final Four, Sweet 16, whatever. Anything can happen, well, truthfully. Houston's 1-2 and two right now. Yeah. One and two, and it's their first two losses overall. Mm-hmm. Were the first two Big Twelve games, which makes sense, yeah. But I'm just saying it's crazy because you don't. Know. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't, but we'll give you all the info you need as it gets closer. Bang bang, there we are. Yeah, we're cruising. We're going to the beer. Let's fire up. All right, uh, we're we're moving on to Bauhaus today. Uh, it's Available online at BauhausBrewLabs.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also pick it up most likely at your local store. I would assume that if it's being sold online, then it's at most of the local liquor big, stores. big liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brewed in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So local for you. Literally right down the road. The two that we're doing today is, a, is the Wonder Stuff, which is the Pilsner, and the Lounge Wizard. Which is a hazy pale ale. The what? Lounge lizard. <laughs> okay. It's forward drinking. I'll be honest. I like their uh, 
their light labels. Take a look at that. That's nice. It's clean. The lounge wizard. And it's, it feels it, cool. And the side, like it details it out very easily of like all the things that you would need to or want to see of like what the beer is going to be like, how much percent it is, all that stuff. Yeah, It's got a lot going on on this one can. Yeah, but it's nicely laid out. It's clean. Yeah, it's very clean. Very clean. So kudos to you, Bauhaus. Kudos right. to you, baby. Wonder stuff. The Pilsner. That's going to be the lighter version of the beers that we're doing today. There's an additional IPA in the pack, and there's an additional, the fourth one is a Gosa. We've had a few Gosas. We have had a few Gosas. Apparently not the table. Do you ever think uh, in our time doing this we'll ever see a JPA again? I feel like we haven't seen those too much yet. I kind of miss it. What the know. hell's at the bottom of this, Chris? What is that? Uh, you tell me. They're in both cans. I don't know, dude. Wait, is that? I think it must have been in this, in this can. Wait, 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 Doc. I'm almost positive it wouldn't be in the glass. This has got a tip. Well, these those are just bubbles. Let's see. This one don't have it though. That looked like like rocks. Was it your sesame seeds again? <laughs> Oh, I don't dang. think you so. You can drink that one. Those sesame seeds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up another one and see if it has really? it. Has those? Yeah, that's weird. All right, BRB. I'll talk to you guys. So what? It's a that one was the purple one. Cool can. Let's see if it says anything on here. Prepare your taste buds to be transported to an astral hideaway, where brewing alchemy and hop maglix. Magix. Combined to form a spellbinding flavor experience. Huh. Doesn't say anything about having rocks in it. So I don't know. May contain. All right. Can you confirm? There's, there's nothing in there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah there's nothing in that. Yeah. 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 What? Did you see that? Yeah. It's not great. No dog. Part of smells me, very good though. Part of me hopes that this one has it. This one has it, so that it's not. It's not. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. I just don't know, like, I just don't know what else it could be. I don't either. I don't see him. I think we're safe. Yeah, dog. I don't know, but I'm gonna have to. Which one are we starting with? Let's start with the wonder stuff because it's had a little bit more time to stew stew it over. Yeah, dog, that looks like oh god. I don't know what that is. I thought I I I like casually cleaned the filter in my dishwasher the other day, but yeah, the truth comes out. didn't do it as well as maybe I could have. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right, wonder stuff first. This is what the can looks like. Nice orange label. I want to say that this is. Oh shoot! I think this is the one. Then. Yeah, the clear one. Yeah, I think this is their 
most popular beer i would if i had to guess okay i'm pretty sure i Pale saw Isle? It. no it's pilsner pilsner yep okay mm-hmm okay yeah i think it's a classic it's uh a classic uh it just tastes like a pale like a light beer with like a little bit more flavor with like a, a little craft, bit more hoppiness to it yeah a craft mm-hmm. fancier light beer fairly easy to drink very easy to drink i can see why that would be someone's favorite slash mm-hmm. their favorite or their most popular is because it's the easiest to drink yeah uh it's very light it almost tastes kind of like what's ibu uh indian brewing no indian beverage something indian unit it's probably unit at the end indian something unit beverage unit okay yeah well it's just at a 30 i don't know so i didn't know what that if that was good or bad you know, but I don't know. I International so- bitterness unit. Okay, so we were over three. But I think it's solid. I do think it's actually <laughs> a really good beer. Um, I think I think it's like it's a lighter beer, but it's like on the scale of IPA level because it has the extra hoppiness to it. Yeah, the hoppiness is definitely there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also one of those, like I said, I think it's one of those where, at least when I think about it, like it's just a better tasting. It's a fancier tasting light beer. Like this is mm-hmm. something you would get at a restaurant or at a brewery because you're like, okay, I'm going to have one of these or two. I'm not going to get messed up on these. Right. It's a good casual beer to just drink at on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. There you go. All right. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a six dose. Six two. Six two. Okay. Do you want to elaborate or do you want me to go? No. So I think, well, I can, I can elaborate a little bit, but I think, like I said, I think it is one of those where it's very easy to drink. So I do like it. It's a light beer. So I do like it. Mm -hmm. It does have a little bit more hoppiness than probably a preferable preferred, but, but I don't know. In my opinion, it's a classic brewery. So yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. I'm going to give it a six, six. For some of the reasons that David detailed, uh, I think that it's got fairly good flavor. It's easy to drink. Uh, I could see myself casually sipping on this. Mm-hmm. And I think it also is able to be in like the category of beers that you would want to drink in the summer, like to refresh you. Mm-hmm. And also like it doesn't only have to be a summer beer. No, I think it can be multi universal. Multi yeah. Multi faceted. faceted. Yeah, that's a good word. There you go. I was gonna say multi seasonal, but yeah. All the above. So yeah, I think it's a solid beer. It's a good start. Yep. All right, let's move on to the the Rocky one. The the lounge wizard. Rocky. Ooh. That that uh the smell is definitely there. It's a hazy pale ale. Okay. That's actually it almost tastes like it's has less hops even though it's a pale ale. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept. 
Yeah. I don't I don't hate it though. I don't think it's I think the happiness it doesn't like overtake the the beer for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it, I don't think it's bad, but I do I don't think it's like one of those for me. There is still a little bit of happiness, but I do think it's pretty good. I think it's got a lot more compared to the first one, it's got I think more flavor like fruity flavor. Yeah, it almost tastes like there's a little bit of a citrus to it. Yeah. I think that's what the can said. Yeah, tropical fruit. Okay. And can candid citrus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely can taste that in there, so they're not lying. Yeah. So I, I like think it's it. good though. I think it is good. I think it's one of those. Um I think it's pretty solid. I think it's easy to drink, just like the first one. Mm-hmm. Um obviously when you get to some that are too hoppy, you just never know, but I think this one's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me. Uh... All right, whenever you're ready. I'm going to give it a 6.4. I think it's better than the first one. Um, I mean, I'm still a little too hoppy for me, probably. Okay. Um, but I definitely think it's still a solid beer that I would love to drink at a brewery. Because it's something different than just your normal light beer. Yep. But it's also one of those where it's not like, oh, I have to suck it down. It's like one of those where you can drink it. Does that happen often? There have been a few. There has been beers where it's like, oof. Usually the IPA is usually the hoppiest ones. You got to suck it down. Yep. All right. Uh, sorry, what did you say? 6'4"? Six, 6'4". Four? Six, four. Okay. I'm going to give it a 6'1". Six one. Yep. Okay. Um, Solid start to the pack. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, it's not an IPA, so it it's not necessarily like a oh, it should be super hoppy kind of thing. But like when I see pale ale, I always get a little worried about that mm-hmm. because my head just goes straight to oh, it's just going to be so hoppy that it's not going to be my jam right but you're gonna have to suck it down exactly yeah but it it's not like that no it's so, not and that's what's kind of crazy it kind of gives you good. like that false little narrative a little bit where it's like you think that's coming but it's actually pretty good right so i think it's a good start good start to the pack good start good job good job Bauhaus. yeah Bauhaus local go to your local brewery yep, that's right minneapolis there it is bang bang baby all right uh and that's what they call a review. Yeah, Chris almost forgot his roots. Well, I was going to give a little recap, but Never too late. Yeah, nope. All right. We are going to start with the NBA. Yeah. Uh, what are we, a month away from the All-Star game? A month from Next when week. you're listening? Yes. Okay. The th- <laughs> you got to check every time. Well, I just want to make sure. Um, I that it looks it's weird. It's that one. Yeah. Uh, it's February 18th is the all-star game. Okay. So it's going to be one week from, or one month from Thursday when this episode comes out. So oh. if you're listening on the first day, one, shout out to you because you're awesome. And two, we're one month out from the NBA all-star game. So there you go. So we're giving you a initial look at the all-star voting currently. Uh... The differences with this year versus last year, we're going back to the East and the West. Yeah. So 
we did the whole draft thing. So to give you an overview, if uh, you haven't paid attention to the All-Star game in the last couple years, the last couple years, the top two vote getters were the captains. They would hold the draft and it basically be a fantasy draft or a schoolyard draft by the top two vote getters who they wanted for the reserves, who they wanted for the starters. We're scrapping that. We're back to east-west like it used to be the good old days. So is there a... Is like the, does the winner of the All-Star game get a perk? Um, I thought it used to be... Maybe this was NFL. I think it was NFL. That they got like home field. Or maybe that's the MLB. It's the MLB. They get like home mm-hmm. field in the uh, World Series. Right. Uh, I want to say that they did that before. Okay. Interesting. I think that was part of it. I'm yeah. not exactly sure if that's coming back or not. So somebody let us know. Or we could look probably look it up. Just let us know. What do you think about going back to the East West? Um, I don't versus think it's the bad. Draft. I think it. I think it's one of those things where. I don't know. It's the one all-star game where like they try to make it fun, but it's very hard to be competitive. But it's also, I think there has to be something they put on the line. But I think when you have the East-West, it's easier than to put something on the line. So I hope it makes it more competitive. It was fun to, I mean, the draft was like a whole shebang or the draft was like a whole thing itself, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. But then it's, I think going back to this will be beneficial. All right, so... Uh, since 2018, each player on the winning team receives $100,000, and Whoa. the runner-ups take home 25000 Okay. Interesting. Um, that is very interesting. Do I'm, you think I'm that players see- are motivated by that money? It's, uh, it says... The NBA is confident that the $75,000 gap will ensure that the players will truly compete for the trophy. And to be fair, the gamble has paid off as evidenced by comments of some players. Okay. So they do still play for the money. That's what it says online. Okay. There you have it. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. It's just always interesting to me. It's like these players make, what is it, 82 games? 82, $100,000, that's what... If you make a hundred thousand dollars a game, what's a hundred thousand times eighty-two? Is that eighty-two million? Or is that eight point two million? That's eighty-two million, right? Eight point two. Eight point two. Mm-hmm. So these players are making more than that per game. Or no, no eighty-two. 82, million, right? eighty-two. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I can see where it comes to play. I mean, you're playing for something. Does mm-hmm. uh, I wonder who keeps the trophy? Probably the leading vote getter. Okay. I mean, in the past couple of years, it's probably been the person who. Uh, was the captain. Yeah, it was playing the team together. Which it was LeBron almost every year. Yeah. It was almost LeBron and KD every single time, except for, I believe, the one year that KD didn't play, and then it was Giannis. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Do you like that style where it's like, hey, let's just let all the fans vote for everything? Or do you think there should be something where it's like, all right, let's just get... There has to be some criteria for X amount of players, and then we'll let the fans vote for the reserves i think it would be very hard to determine which players uh get into the all-star game based off of statistics i think okay. the fan voting is probably the easiest way yeah okay. to select who is in the all-star game 
Um, it's not like it's not like the NFL where the Pro Bowl and being first team All Pro it all kind of like comes together at the end of the year. You know, like you could be an All Pro first team in the NBA but not have made the all-star game. Right. Chances are you're probably going to be at least close, but mm-hmm. like there's still chance. Most of the time in the NFL, like it's all leading towards the end of the year. Yeah. So you pretty much have the full year. Whereas, I mean, we've talked about it the last couple of times when we mentioned the NBA, like we're pretty much halfway through the year. So it, there's plenty of time for somebody to turn it on. I mean, mo- a lot of the, uh, the superstars have been playing fairly well or or won't be able to like completely change how their stats are looking at the end of the year but like you kind of know mm-hmm. i mean most of those players i don't know it's only a halfway point right and i mean but the thing is it's so hard because you've already played it's actually isn't it more a little bit more than halfway so we're right around halfway right now yeah so in a month so and you only have month. what then like 20 games 25 games and it's like it's pretty hard to change your average drastically if you're already averaging 40 points 30 points like you might change it by a point or two but like you said these all-star mm-hmm. players or these players that are superstars are probably going to continue that success i mean i don't think i've ever seen it drop off that drastically right so yeah i agree with that I mean, I think it's hard, though, in the sense where it's like, well, we talked about this off-air a little bit. It's like, it's hard because it's like some of these players that are getting in barely have played. Yeah, it's hard It's hard when you start to look at how many games they've played versus how many games other guys have played. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, like, the easiest way always will be Okay, this person has more fan votes than this person. Okay, that person, the person with the higher total, gets in. Right, it's you just know? an easier way. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's hard with. It's hard because if you don't do it the fan voting way, it's hard because like, how do you define some of these guys' positions? Exactly. Like, is LeBron a forward? Is he a? We've been try. They've been trying to take away the criteria of oh you have to have one center yeah one power forward like i remember back in the day when you would go to games yeah and they would have the little trifold brochures <laughs> that you could pick up and they would each player that you could vote for would have a little circle that had a perforated line around it and you could only like like a certain amount of prick out a certain amount per category yeah for your vote to be counted like that's crazy those were the days did, did well, you I remember do that 100 you used to do it in the mlb too but yeah. it's different in the mlb because you have an actual position but like for some of these guys how do you define and i know they're probably yeah. some of them are defined by like a guard or whatever but like i mean you watch some of these i'm games pretty sure the nuggets. It, i'm pretty sure it was like a point guard shooting guard oh yeah back forward. in the day i'm saying but nowadays it's impossible because some of these guys who are like Jokic mm-hmm. or Giannis literally take the ball up the court. LeBron. LeBron has done yeah. it for a while. Like these guys are not your typical there's not a lot of just just strictly point guards. Yeah. And that speaks to how the game has evolved, you know, like uh, most of the absolute superstars are guys that are kind of me- meshing between a couple different positions and that's what makes them so valuable is they can bring the ball up or they can be on the wing, or they can go down to the post. Like that's mm-hmm. why they are such a big superstars because they can do 
all these things that back in the day you were like asking three people to do right well i think it's also just such a change of the times where like back in the day you used to have an actual center who was literally a center yeah now you have centers who are literally three-point shooters yeah they do it all besides a few teams but Mm -hmm. so all right so we're one month out uh currently so we're gonna start Western Conference. So they've broken it up into front court and guards. So they took out like, I mean, I don't even know. It wasn't that long ago that they took out specifically having a center. Yeah. It, I don't. I'm pretty sure it was not that long ago. But now they have front court and guards. So I would assume, in theory, that means that most of them will be two front court and three guards. Yeah. Right. So is it just strictly most all likely. based off of most votes? And then as the most vote getters, the people who make our starters. starters. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Western Conference, you've got LeBron number one overall. Which will be for the next. You want to go front court and guards or stick to the front court first? Let's go, go front, front court. Let's go front court first. Yeah. All right. So LeBron's number one, just over 3 million votes as of this recording here. You got Jokic number two, Durant number three, Anthony Davis number four, and Kawhi number five. Mm-hmm. So, what do you notice about those four? Four out of the five. I would say, well, three for sure. Three out of the five are able to do a lot. Well, they three can... out of the five are able to do a lot. I'm also saying three out of the five are from a big time market. Oh, in yeah. comparison to that. And I'm not saying. Well, like, I mean, you could argue four. Basically, I mean, you could probably say Denver is a mid, mid. I would say mid market, mm-hmm. but otherwise, you're looking at Arizona and LA. That's right. it. Like literally, three guys from LA, two on one, one on the other, and then uh, Arizona. Right. So that's what I'm saying, and I will agree with you. To be honest, when you actually look at this, four out of the five probably can do. Three and a half. Yeah, that's four. where I thought you were going. But yeah, that, that's very accurate, though. I mean, you look at it, it's like what like you just talked about. They're labeled as front court, but LeBron takes the ball up just as much as anyone. Jokic takes the ball up more. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's just how it I mean, Kevin Durant can sometimes take it up. So it, it is different. I think it's one of those things where, I mean, when you look at the voting, and like I said, LeBron will probably be voted in every single year. Until he's out of the league, yes. Which should be, which is fine. Jokic is obviously one of the best players because he's always up for MVP. So it's just one of those things. I mean, but I don't know. It's happy to see Kawhi Leonard's back and stuff. It just will be interesting. So right now, those are the top five. Is there any one that you're like, eh, I don't know if they should be in? Or we're pretty comfortable with all five. I'm comfortable with all five of those. I'm I'm also comfortable. I would say comfortable level is fine. All right, so then the next five... Are Alperin Sangoon from Houston, Paul George, Victor Wembanyama, Chet, and Cat. Yeah, I would say I'm still fine with it. I think I'm surprised Victor's not higher, to be honest, just because. Really? I am surprised that, but I mean, but like you said, it's a big time market. Like the Houston people, that Sangoon guy has been pretty good. And they decent size i mean cat is i mean it's cat 
So I don't know. I don't hate that either. I mean, I think that list is relatively close and stuff. But I mean, like I said, it's always hard after those five because those five I think deserve that deserve to be at the upper for sure. Yeah. So you've got five starters, seven reserves. Okay. So you only get seven. Uh, you get seven like spaced out for guards and forwards. Okay. Interesting. So it's 12, uh, 12 players on each team. So okay. 24 total. Interesting. So um, when you move to the guards, you've got Luca as one, Steph yep. two, Shea number three, James Harden four, and Kyrie five. Well, and what's crazy too, well, not necessarily there's crazy, a gigantic, but there's a gigantic gap between Shea and James. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's top, a million. It's over a million. Top three are in their own little race and then the next you could say five are much closer well yeah and i think what's crazy too is when you look at the rest of the list like ants probably close right he's six yeah so let's start with these first five here yeah i think Kyrie's kind of weird i think if i had to pick one name out of there i think steph's kind of very similar to lebron he'll always be lucas very Correct. similar shea is potential mvp candidate mm-hmm. this year he's playing unreal james harden okay not having a bad season on a good big market team he's starting to get he's starting to cook a little, a little bit. bit and then but Kyrie is the interesting one because it's like Kyrie has probably played less than i don't know half the games around mm-hmm. a third of the games i'm not sure i'll look this up okay Kyrie. but i mean there could be something to say about him and Luca both being in the top five, right? Same team. Probably the people that are voting for Luca. A portion of them are voting for Kyrie. Probably everybody that's voting for Kyrie is voting for Luca. So 25 games played. Okay. 25 out of probably 37. Yeah. So, so probably he's missed a third, which isn't actually as much as I thought. That's probably mm-hmm. bad. Yep. Um. Well, now that we're getting deeper into going through each person. I think I saw that it's two guards and three front court players. Okay. So in theory, the starters at this point for the West would be Luca and Steph, and then LeBron, Durant, and Jokic. Interesting. Those would, those would be the five starters. Interesting. Do you feel good about those five, or do you think somebody should be starting instead of one of them? Um, I, I just hate this because I, I mean, I know they vote and stuff, but I think Shea deserves to start. I do too. I think Shea is the one name where like the bro is putting up video game numbers yeah. consistently on a day-to-day basis. And that team is also pr- doing pretty well. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with Luca. I think Luca's a very good player and whatever. And Steph is Steph. But if you look in and you're asking me like Steph has, he's been playing fine, mm-hmm. but the Warriors are bad. Yeah. He's been... It, that would be tied to like the NFL and the MVP. Like if Steph's not on that team, that team is literally losing every single game. Correct. Like he's the only reason why they're winning any games. Yep. So, and also he's in the same category as LeBron, where it's like he's a very noteworthy person, and every Fan year he's going to be in it. So like, I would almost say Lucas should drop out instead of and put Shea in. Yeah, I think so. I think Shea deserves to be in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will say this too at the same time, like the difference is with Steph is like just being honest. Like Steph 
that his game is built and made for the All-Star game. Yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely because it's perfect. one of those things where you look at Steph and you're like, okay, he's going to hit a few logo threes. Everyone loves that shit. Mm-hmm. And then whatever. And I think Luca's in a similar way. I think the problem is like Shea doesn't necessarily get the recognition yet that he probably deserves. Yeah, once he one like this year is the first year that he's like really put himself in the MVP uh, conversation. Hundred percent. And so like once this year kind of fully goes through, the All Star Game happens. He's in some regard in the All Star Game, whether that's a starter or a reserve. Um, the Thunder, in theory, probably win at least one series in the playoffs. So like. After this year is fully done, mm-hmm. I think going forward he's into the into the realm of like okay he's in this conversation. Oh, 100 percent. And like you said, he's played 38 games. He's averaging 31 points, six assists, six almost six rebounds. I mean, mm-hmm. he is playing at a different level than what we're probably used to. But like you said, exactly. I think he's just one of those guys where like you think about the OKC and you're like Shea is got to be the first name that comes to mind or one of the first few yep definitely uh anybody in the six through ten range that you think should bump up into the top five you got anthony edwards at number six john morant at seven so he wouldn't be able to play anyways because he's hurt De'Aaron fox devin booker clay thompson well, probably being a homer i would say ant i i think kyrie should take out of there and i think ant should step in Okay. I just they're only twenty thousand votes apart, so, so that's pretty very close. close. Well, and I think the, I think the hard part too is like with these people. Like I look at this lineup and I'm like, I just don't think Clay Thompson is playing that well either. I think De'Aaron he's been Fox, up and down. He's been he's up been and up down. And up and down. But I just De'Aaron think, Fox has not been playing well either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you look at this list and like Devin Booker, it's it's just the same guys, and it's like I mean I understand it, but. I don't know. It's very tough. I think Ant would be the one that deserves to start, personally. Um, that might be a homer crowd. That might be not. Actually. The likelihood that he's going to start is very low. 100%. But I was being a homer. Yeah. So. All right, we're moving to the east now. So you've got front court. Giannis is the first place. Then Joel Embiid. Then Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler's four. Jalen Brown is five. Thoughts on the top five? So it, it's the same thing. Jimmy Butler. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler has been great, but Jimmy Butler hasn't played. Jimmy Butler's been out for quite so. A bit. But but you look at it, it's the same thing. You look at the top three. Mm-hmm. Three point four seven mil, two point nine seven, two point nine three nine four, whatever you want to say. Jimmy Butler is one point nine million away from three. Yeah, so it's a significant jump down S- from three to four. Jump, and I think it deserves to be. But I also think it's one of those things when I look at it, like. I don't know. There's a lot of other players potentially that could take that spot. But when you look at these top three, they're solidified. Jalen Browns probably should be up there. I just don't know about Jimmy Butler. Well, it's funny because, I mean, there's that big jump from three to four. There's also a pretty sizable jump from four to five and five to six. So you've got like a 300,000 vote difference from Jimmy Butler to Jalen Brown from four to five. And then another 300,000 from Jalen Brown at five to Porzingis at six. Wow. Yeah. So like that the top 5 is pretty much solidified here right now at least where that's a pretty big jump to get into that top 5. Yeah. Damn. 
So like so six through ten, you've got Porzingis at six, Bam Adebayo at seven, Julius Randle at eight, Paolo Bancaro at nine, and Mikhail Bridges at ten. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about having three Boston Celtics yeah. players in the top six because I already know that they're going to have at least one. It's interesting that Jalen Brown's considered a front court player yeah, just because they have Drew Holiday and five. Derek White. Yeah. He's that's probably why he's considered a front court player. Five. He plays three, but yeah. in my head, I would picture Jalen Brown as a guard. Yeah, but yeah, I don't really love the fact that there's three. I mean, I hope there's not three Boston Celtics that are starting, to be honest. But no, they would. It w- it wouldn't be, because it's going to be Giannis, oh, Embiid, and three. Tatum. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. Yeah. So so then jumping into the guards, you've got Hal Burton at number one, which I think is awesome because he's been killing it. Trey Young at two, Damian Lillard at three, Donovan Mitchell at four, Tyrese Maxey at five. How do how do you feel about the top five? Um, yeah, I actually don't hate it. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton definitely deserves all the credit. The guy is playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. He's he's a scorer, but he's also one of those guys where you look at it like he's averaging over like 12 assists a game. He has so many assists every game. I mean, and he grabs rebounds. He does all that stuff. So, like, I think, yes, he definitely deserves to be up there. Trey Young is playing okay, not bad. Dame Lillard, okay. Tyrese Maxey, I think, though, deserves a little bit more love. I think he's clearly the number two guy on this 76ers team yep clearly so and the 76ers are potentially making a push again for being the best team in their conference or whatnot but i think it's also one of those things when you watch him play he's he's very good and he even with him beat out sometimes he drops 50 Mm -hmm. he has games yes where he struggles and he plays better with Embiid, but he has games where it's like okay i'm very suitable and very fine Yep. So yeah, and he can handle it himself. One thousand percent. Um, who's the next ones after that? Six through ten is Jalen Brunson. Okay. Then it's a pretty sizable jump down. It's about three hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Jump down to seven, which is Derek White. Eight is Lamelo Ball, which I don't love because he's been out for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. He just came back. Drew Holiday at nine, and then Demar Derozan at ten. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the sizable, it kind of shows. I mean, I don't, like I said, I think the whole, just with these guys being hurt, like LaMelo Ball, like, bro, just came back. Right. And he was out for a long time. And I will time. say this Drew Holiday's a solid player. It's wait, I mean, what is this, a Celtics whole starting five? It is, yeah. And then, so then you have DeMar DeRozan, who has actually been playing decent too on that Chicago team. But I think, like, when you look at it, like, Jalen Brunson is very good as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's better than Tyrese Maxey. So I think when you're talking about the f- top five versus anyone else, I think the top five is fine. Yep, I agree. So here's the starting list. Uh, think about this. So you got East Eastern starters would be uh, Halliburton and Trey Young. Okay. Giannis, Jason Tatum, and Embiid. Okay. West would be Luka and Steph. LeBron, KD, and Jokic. That's a pretty, that's a pretty competitive solid. starting group on each side. Yeah, to be honest, if you're looking at just the names, the West is probably a little bit better in my opinion, but I also think Halliburton doesn't get the love he should. Mm-hmm. Um, Halliburton and Trey Young, I think, would be a tough combination of guards. 
just because both of them are like point guards that are very much like assist oriented yeah. which isn't the worst thing for an all-star game but like it kind if of, uh, if you slotted in dame i don't know well i think dame gives kind of that little flair that you kind of want he's the all, like, he's the eastern conference version of steph 100 percent. so if you put them against each yeah. other and then you have trey young and to be honest i'll say this trey young is kind of very similar to that too trey young loves to pull from gosh knows where yep yep totally. but i think it's I think it's going to be fun. I think those are pretty good. Like I said, there's a few players that probably deserve more. But if you talk those starting five, they're probably up there for who deserves it. I mean, I think potentially mm-hmm. Shea should go in there and then potentially, like you said, Dame. But yep. that's that's six players. That's there. really the only difference is. No, 100%. And I think Donovan Mitchell's been balling his brains out. But I don't know if he's an all-star game like the rest of those guys. Yeah, what do you think about Jared Allen? He's kind of been playing well. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's a rim stopper. But that's the thing. They don't get love. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. When you look at the other five, I mean, you going to put Jared Allen in there? No, no, no. Not, not, I'm not talking like top five for the front court, but like above Mikhail Bridges. Oh, 100%. I think Mikhail Bridges is whack. Above Porzingis. Yeah, I think Porzingis has shown a little bit, but I think... It's just hard, though, I think it's the same Ju- thing like you said. It's the same thing. when If they had those things where you'd have to identify a center, Jared Allen would for sure be in there. Yeah. I think Julius Randle should be six, and I think Boncaro should be seven. And at, I think it's, I'm between Boncaro and Adebayo for seven. Okay. Uh, the other one would be eight, and I would put Julius Randle at six. I'd drop Porzingis down to nine. Okay. Nine or ten, depending on if I you want to add in Jared I just, Allen. It's just too many Celtics. They should have a max. Like I know it's fan voting. I know it's whatever, but like. Yeah, I mean they are the best team in the league. Yeah, but so there's. But there's there's I don't two think, Timberwolves. And I don't think literally right next to them. Yeah, pretty close. I don't think Drew Holiday's stats sure. are no uh, close to being All Star level. That's not to say he's not important because he's very important right. to their team and to winning but like in terms of all-star statistics i don't think that it necessarily warrants that right but and that's what we're talking about yeah so there you go anyways we'll see it in a few months there you go that's or a month. The, yeah one month is all-star game so we might uh we might update you as it gets closer yeah we'll probably update you in two weeks see probably. what the voting's done and go from there that's right so nfl we are in the thick of the playoffs here. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Kind of an interesting NFL thing. I don't think a lot of people saw. I mean, there was obviously the Dolphins suck when it's cold. But the Cowboys mm-hmm. just blowing it. But I'll say yeah. this. And I hate to say this because I'm not trying to hop on that bandwagon. And I still hate them. But, like, the Packers showed that they could be very good. Yeah, they did. They played really but well. But the hardest part also, I was thinking about this, when you look at the Cowboys, they just exposed the Cowboys' defense for being, which has helped them and has always helped them. They're just so aggressive, and they all want to get interceptions and sacks. Yeah. They don't play a team defense and stay in their lanes and do whatever. They literally just run around with their heads cut off. I mean, there was three plays where Jaron Curse just had – no one knew where Jaron Curse was going. Right. And I know it hurts, and I know whatever, but it's also like the same thing. It's like I understand Deron Bland 
or whatever. I don't know. Darren Deron Bland. That was it. Yeah. Six pick sixes. Great. But dog, like there was times in this game where it was like that he got exposed, exposed because they all try to jump routes and they all try to do all that stuff. Yep. Which during the regular season is fine, but when you're playing a good playoff team, no. Sorry. No. You yeah, just can't. you can't do that. So that just was a hard, hard one to swallow. And then. And then let's go. Let's just keep going. Rams, Lions. Well, I think that was the game of the weekend. And I think it deserved to be the game of the weekend. I mean, not it was only a good storyline. It was a good first half. First half was great. The yeah. storylines were great. You thought this was going to be like a 50 50 shootout. Uh huh. And then, like, we've talked about It actually about hit it, the under. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And what's crazy is it was one of those games where, like, they just stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And there was some injuries. There was some whatever. There was some potential. Matt Stafford probably had a concussion, shouldn't have come back in, whatever. But when you watch this Lions team, like, they're the one team I truly think can compete in the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers. At this point, they're probably the only one. I know, but I hate to say this, and I don't want to, but, like, if the Packers just beat the Cowboys – Mm-hmm. Going into Cowboys, I think the I think the Forty ers are a different breed. But with that being said, I think with that momentum, you can beat anybody. Now it's anybody's game. Yeah. Also, fun fact for you: another team in the top twenty-five just lost for college basketball. But I think it'll be very interesting. I think uh, Eagles suck. They need a clean house. Jalen Hurts is not fun to watch. I think he's a bum. Uh, he's I, good at certain things. He's. I will say this, and the one person. They had Bruce Arians on. I was watching the Manning cast for a little bit. They had Bruce Arians on, and he said one thing that was, he was like, the Eagles are literally built to only play from ahead. Mm-hmm. And it, it made sense. Like, they couldn't run the ball. They, well, they it, it was almost like they didn't try to run the ball. Well, it was just one of those things, like, even, I don't know if Jalen Hurts was hurt or whatnot, but, like, they only had 15, 15 total rushes. Well, Jalen Hurts only had one. And Jalen Hurts had one. And right? they got stopped on a tush push. Um, so technically he had two. They just didn't count it. But Yeah, that's weird. Um It's one of those things that like when I when I watched the Eagles, it was like they knew that the Bronco or they knew that the Buccaneers were just gonna blitz mm-hmm. on a third down every time. And it was like every play Jalen Hurts had no idea and he would just throw it off his back shoulder and throw it in the air. Mm-hmm. And it was like statistic wise, okay, twenty five of thirty five, two fifty, one touchdown. Sure. But watching that game, I was like, This guy stinks. And maybe he was a little hurt. He couldn't scramble as much. But, I mean, give credit to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. They came out and they just were slinging it. Yeah, they looked really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, your leading receiver is Cade Otten. Yeah. God. He was the security blanket. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, that's the NFC. So, we had the Packers, the Lions, and the Buccaneers win. Yeah. AFC-wise, Browns played the Texans first. Texans took care of business there. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I mean, it's kind of deceiving, though, because they had two back-to-back, or they had back-to-back pick sixes, right? Yep. Which kind of blew the game open for the Texans versus the Browns. But I will say, I think C.J. Stroud basically showed to everyone, like, he is the real deal. Yeah. I mean, he's solid. He's playing mm-hmm. with a Devin Singletary, making him look good. Nico mm-hmm. Collins yep. is balling. And they don't even have Tank Dell, who during the year was probably their best worship. Probably, yeah. So it's him like, and Nico Collins. Yeah, him and Nico Collins. So it's CJ Stroud is showing that he can do what he wants to do. And I mean, they'll have a tough game coming up. But I think, mm-hmm. I mean, he's shown himself. And I mean, they were projected what this year to win three games? I think maybe four. Four? Three, three and a half four. or so, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's crazy. Yeah, they look good. You got the Chiefs, Dolphins. Chiefs took care of business there. 
Yeah, and I think people probably saw this coming a little bit just because it was so cold and the Dolphins have struggled in the cold. They've struggled in the cold and they've struggled against good teams. Good teams, yeah. And I think when you look at the Dolphins, it it surprises me, though, because their offense is built off of short passes, crossing routes, whatever. Speed. Speed. Mm -hmm. And this game, it just seemed like Tua was trying to throw the ball 10, 15, 20 yards. And no offense, the bro just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I said this live when we were watching it. He would throw it, and it would look like it was like a Nerf ball that would just drop. Yeah, there was a di- – and it, I even noticed it in the next game that we're going to talk about, uh, the Bills and the Steelers game, where, um, like, you could tell a difference in Josh Allen and Mason Rudolph throwing the ball and just, like, the arm strength. Oh, yeah. That it took, like, when the conditions aren't the greatest. Like, yeah. obviously, it was super cold in the, in the Dolphins-Chiefs game. And you can tell a difference when the arm strength is where Mahomes has it and where Tua has it. Like, Tua's a precision passer. He, like, processes information and, like, leads leads receivers and, like, throws it where they're going to be versus, like, seeing somebody throwing it exactly where they're at. Right. Right? But, like, there's a difference between that throwing style and then just like the arm strength that Mahomes and Josh Allen and like all these big armed receivers have. Yeah, the big arm quarterbacks. Well I think it's even the same thing. Yeah, quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think I know the weather played a factor in it, but it's like you even look at these other quarterbacks like Stafford has always been known for having a big arm. Jared Goff is a very accurate. I don't know if he has the best arm. Mm-hmm. But like Tua's definitely knock is always like even when they got Tyreek to come over the biggest knock was like, okay, is Tyreek just going to outrun? Can Tua throw it that far? And he right. showed he could do a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard, though, because the game plan, I just don't think it was a good game plan going into Kansas City. Yeah, they struggled there. Yeah, and it's hard. So, I mean, give the Chiefs credit. They played well. This will be a very interesting game coming up. So, Yep. All right, last game we kind of touched on it. Bills, it got closer in the second half, mm-hmm. it seemed. Yeah. But the Bills were pretty much dominated that game yeah i think the bills dominated but i also think when you look at it the steelers had well they had two turnovers right away they had a lost fumble by george pickens and then well a potential lost fumble by Fryermuth. but then they had the pick while they were at the the 10 yard line so that's a huge point swing so that kills you i do think the game was closer than it probably may be but i think the bills just continue to win they continue to win and they're like i said give the steelers some credit i guess Mike Tomlin already came back and said he wants to coach, so mm-hmm. it's going to be the same stuff. I think at some point, though, you have to cut ties with these other players, like old players like Najee Harris needs to go. Just let these young bucks run. Yep. That's All right, right, so moving on to this weekend. What is this weekend called? Divisional round. Mm-hmm. we got Texans are going to the Ravens. Ravens are 7.5-point favorites. Mm. Over-under is 43.5. Yeah. It's in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. What do we think? What's like the most notable thing you're either looking for or that's gonna that you expect is gonna happen in this game? Um, well, I think it will be how does the Baltimore defense stop Nico Collins? Because to be honest, the run like Devin Singletary doesn't scare me, but it will also be like on that end, like can CJ Stroud just slice and dice him? I don't know. It's also mm-hmm. in Baltimore, which is outside, so it makes it very hard. But I think I think it, I think it will be a better game. I could very much see the Texans covering this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven and a half is a lot. A lot of points. Yeah, when you start to get over that touchdown mark, it makes you nervous. It's a little nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I think CJ Stroud, if he's able to play as well as he has been, then mm-hmm. it could definitely be a very close game. Yeah, which kind of is kind of what I expect. Yeah. Uh, second game on Saturday, you've got the Packers are going to San Francisco. San Francisco eight and a half point favorites over under fifty and a half. Yeah, I mean, I well, we said this last week. I thought that I thought the Cowboys were going to smoke the Packers. Yeah, me too. Eight and a half is a lot of points. I do think this defense will be different, and I also think when you look at the 49ers offense, what hurt the Cowboys so much is the Packers punched them in the mouth mm-hmm. with getting the ball first and going down and scoring, and then the Dolph or the the Cowboys just looked like they didn't know how to play anymore, and they stopped going to their game plan. Now, when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Right. Who will be the focal point? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very tough. So I I mean, I'm I think this oh, game man. will be pretty high scoring. I think it will hit the over, but I also think San Francisco will cover. Uh, cover. Okay. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's just hard to Eight and a half is a lot of points in a divisional round. But it's also hard to go I mean, that's basically what the Ravens and Texans is. Seven and a half. That's pretty yeah. similar. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's hard to like I know that the Packers just beat the Cowboys, but it's hard to picture them doing the same thing to the 49ers. Right. I think the 49ers will come out with a better game plan. Like I said, the 49ers I just, have more weapons. I, I just think. picture them as, like, they're very solid everywhere versus the Cowboys. In the back of your mind, you always kind of are just like, I don't yeah. know if they got it. Yeah. Well, and I think what makes it hard to, like, I heard this when I was watching the Cowboys game is, you could tell there was a moment when they started to panic and they started to try to force the ball to CD, which, granted, mm-hmm. they should have started throwing it to CD more. But there was multiple plays where it was like, CD wasn't even close to open. Right. And he was like, I'm forcing this into you. Yeah. And then you look at like a Brandon Cooks, he was open. The, the 49ers don't do that. Right. Granted, when you're playing from behind, it is different. I just don't see the 49ers playing from behind by more than two scores. I think they'll control the game. Even by two scores, I find that. Like, two scores being like a touchdown and field goal, maybe. But, like, two touchdowns, I find that hard to uh, picture. Yeah. So, we'll see. All right, so then moving on to Sunday, we got Buccaneers at Detroit. Kind of a good game. Starting the day at noon, at 2 p.m. No, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. 2 p.m., Detroit's six-and-a-half-point favorites over under 48-and-a-half. So, Um, so far, we've got a a six-and-a-half, a a seven-and-a-half, and and an eight-and-a-half spreads. So, I think it's good. I mean, I think it will be a close game. I think it will be fun to watch. I will say this. Detroit playing at home has been very good. good very good for them, yes. Very good for them. And I also, the Buc- it, I think the Buccaneers show a different aspect. Though. It's been very good because it's climate controlled. That climate controlled, which is great for them, and it helps. The crowd helps. They'll be able to control the game, I think. The Buccaneers' defense is very good. I think they played during the year, I remember, and Jared Goff didn't even have, I think it was Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs, and... They still played pretty well. So I do think the mm-hmm. Lions will win this game. I think they will cover. I don't think... You think the magic is over for Tampa Bay? I think the magic is over for Tampa Bay. I think Baker Mayfield played great. But I also look at it, I'm just like... They'll be fine against the run, but Jared Goff is making these all these wide receivers look unbelievable. Elite. And yeah. Sam Laporte is back. God, I don't know how he's back. I don't know either. But he's back. So. Yeah. See what happens. All right, so then we got Chiefs Bills to wrap up the weekend. This is probably the one that everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, I think this should be the best game. I, I Buffalo three point favorites mm-hmm. over under forty five and a yeah. half. And it will be cold. We all know that. Probably Hope, cold. Yeah. yeah cold. Hopefully, and, hopefully, no snow. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think it will be one of those things that I think it's crazy. But I think when they always play, we always remember that one. What was it? The AFC. Literally probably the best game I've ever. Yeah. Top three best game I've ever watched. Was it the AFC Championship? Is that the one you know what I'm talking about? I think it was, it was either champion, AFC Championship or AFC Semifinal. Okay. But it was one of it like was the games where it was, it was literally the game where it was like they changed the whole playoffs based off of that game. Because yeah. no one wanted it to end, and it was literally like that was this game the could go best on for game, The best game. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, it was fun to watch. I expect, I can't believe it's 45 and a half probably because it's so cold, but I think yeah. it'll still be kind of a shootout. I think it'll be, I mean, you got to think that that's going to go up. Yeah, I think it'll be closer to 50, to be honest. Yeah, look at this. So, ticket differences. So, in Buffalo, tickets as low as 172. Oh, I saw the Detroit. Detroit, <laughs> as low as $519. Well, I think they're finally bringing something Oh, my something gosh. To, uh, that's nuts. To Detroit. I actually saw something online that said you can buy, you can spend like $180. Um, and get every single Detroit Pistons game and go to every Detroit Pistons game for the rest of the year, and that won't even get you into one playoff game. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you got hundred as low as 121 in Baltimore, as low as 221 so $100 more in San Francisco, California prices, sure. You got 172 for probably the best game of the weekend, but it's outside in the worst temperatures. And then you got 519 in Detroit. It's inside, so you don't have to worry about I that. Do th- I do think still. that plays a factor, though, of the Bills. is It probably should be higher, but no one wants to sit outside in that cold. Yeah, like miserable. Also, look, this is crazy. Like, these games, like, I, I get it. 500 up top. People want, yeah, upper level section 340. Row yeah. 15, level 320 in the end zone is starting at 496 each. Yeah. That means if you're doing two tickets, you're dropping over lo- a grand. That's the lowest. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So football, I always struggle about going to football, specifically NFL games, because it's so nice to just like watch the game on TV. Like you can see everything. You, you, like they do a good job of just like the presentation of it. Bathroom, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. So like I always struggle about balancing like going to football NFL games versus just watching them on TV. Yeah. So like I don't know. That's a lot of money for. Well, five hundred bucks. I mean, if, would you, you know, do it if you were a Detroit fan, knowing everything? Uh, Thirty years, all that stuff. Um, Playoff game. You know what? To be honest, I probably actually wouldn't. Would not. Okay. So, like, if the Vikings were in this situation, whatever, I probably actually wouldn't. Really? Because I'm looking at the future. The uh-huh. Lions will win our division for a good amount of time. I truly think. Really? Or they'll be in the playoffs. Okay. For a decent amount of time, they got a young team who's very good. Mm-hmm. Five no, so you're not only spending five hundred dollars; you're spending a grand because you want two tickets. Yeah, we gotta pay a mortgage around this place. Chris. <laughs> I mean, first I, time I, in thirty years, though. I get they've first been time saving 30 for thirty years to, for these tickets. That's why they're so expensive. Yeah, and I think I think it'll be fun, and it's gonna be a great atmosphere. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't see it happening, but it could be one of those things that they get another home game if the Packers upset the Forty ers Back those tickets might be a thousand each. The it would be. Yeah. It would for sure be. But that's what I'm saying. Because it's also, I mean, it'd be Green Bay and Detroit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I think it's crazy. I think that's just so much money. But like you said. That would be awful. Back to your point with, like, watching football games. I think it's so hard to go to games now, though, because this might sound horrible. But, like, playing fantasy football and having red zone. Like, I want to watch multiple games. (laughs) And be able to do that. Where, if you go to a Vikings game, which, don't get me wrong, Vikings games are very fun. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think going to one or two, one game a year is great. I didn't go to any this year, which was fine. But if I go to one, probably great. But I think it's crazy because it's like, well, you're missing then all the 12 o'clock games. Mm-hmm. You'd have to deal with traffic. Then you don't get home till about 4, 4.30. You're missing almost the 3 o'clock games. And it's a Sunday. It's hard on a Sunday when everyone works on Monday. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like you're getting old. I am old. I'm 30. But I'm just saying, I think I have... If, and now that red zone... When you have red zone and when you do fantasy football, there's nothing better than sitting down and watching TV. And watching your guys score points. And yelling at them. That's right. Like they can hear you. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about for NFL? No, I think it'll be exciting. All right. Love it. Then with that, we're moving on to Fave 4. Fave 4. You want to tell them what we're doing today? Fave 4 this week, we are doing drinking games. So if you're drinking, that's right. it involves drinking, and it's a game, it's a drinking game. Heads. That was the softest flip I've ever seen. It was heads. Thank you. Um, you want to go first or second? You know what? I'll go first. Okay. I'll go with the classic beer pong. Okay. That was also going to be my number one. I think it's just a classic. It's the best one there is. Uh, I'm going to go with beer darts. Okay. Watch your toes. And I'm also going to go with <laughs> Boom Cup. Okay. You know what's crazy about beer darts and beer pong is you drink so much more beer than you actually think. It actually gets you for messed up. beer darts specifically. Well, beer darts for sure. But I'm even saying beer pong sometimes. Like you start filling those cups up and you're like. Yeah, for beer pong, there's ways around it. Like you're pretty much like I, I don't I would say 80% of the time I play that. I'm playing with water in the cups and you're drinking on oh, the yeah, side. Oh, yeah, yeah, beer pong, yeah. You know, yeah. but like for beer darts, there's not a lot of ways that you can get around like actually having a can in front and of you. And when it breaks, you have to chug it. Exactly. Yeah, to be honest, I was actually thinking of my next pick. I was talking, I was saying flip cup. Okay. That way you drink a lot of beer very uh, fast. I didn't even think about that one, to be uh, honest with and you. And then my next one, you know what I'm going to go with is uh, ride the bus. Okay. Can I do Irish poker? You can. All right. People think they're different. It is different. Yeah, but yeah, they're it similar, but it's different. Irish poker, individual, ride the bus, ride the bus, basically. Which was it different? It is different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's number three. My number four is hockey. Dude, I will say this: I love hockey, and playing hockey in college was great. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you though, I have welts. On my chest from people just ripping these shots. Yeah. And it's like... Slap shot regatta. Yeah. And we just... I feel like we haven't played that game in a long time. Nope. So, uh, my last game I'm going to go with is the three-man. Oh, God. (laughs) You want a drink? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That, if you're looking to drink a lot, that's the one. Um. Yeah. Shout out Brennan loves that game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's aggressive. What's the game? Oh, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, that's an aggressive game. Yeah, that is an aggressive game. Uh, All right. uh, What is it called? Beer Die was another good one. Ah, Beer Die, yes. There's just so many. Sometimes it's hard to remember all of them. Yeah, well, you don't even think about them. To be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they're all fun. They're all fun. They're fun when you can play them, like, outside. Yeah, outside games is awesome. Like, Beer Darts, that's why Beer Darts is great. That's why... uh, Beer pong sometimes outside, but uh, baseball is a good... No, not baseball. What's the one you chuck it off the cans? Beer dot, uh, beer ball. Beer ball. That's another good one. So yep. there you go. All right. So what was your four? My four were beer pong, mm-hmm. 
They were ride the bu- or flip cup, ride the bus, three man. Yep, and mine were beer darts, boom cup, Irish poker, hockey. There you go. A lot of good drinking games out there for you people. There you have it, team. All right, episode 22. In the books. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.